The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. Uh, my wife and I, we've been married for 13 years uh, on the 13th of May. That's next month. Uh, at 3 p.m., we were walking down that aisle. And uh, about 3.16, 3.17, we finally said, uh, I, I do, I will. Because uh, Pastor Price, Dr. Price, who married us, is very quick uh, and efficient. Uh, he gives you a five-minute grace period. So you're allowed to be late five minutes after that, he gets in his car and he drives off, and you have to figure out your life from there. Uh, but we've been married for 13 years. We've got three amazing kids. Um, Michael is 10. He'll be 10 on the 22nd of June. Jasmine is 8. She'll be 8 on September, and Chloe is turning 2 next month, the 18th of, uh, of May. Uh, so my wife's got all three of my babies. That's the only kids that I know of. Um, come on, y'all. <laughs> Uh, and that's the, that's the truth that I'm sticking with. Um, I, I, being married for 13 years, I'm not an expert on marriage, uh, but my, my parents have been married for 49 years. Uh, and so I've been able to see them for 36 years of their 49 years being married. And so I've learned a lot from them. Uh, my in-laws have been married for about 32, 33 years. Uh, and so I've been able to see their their marriage uh, from the time that I've known my, my wife since third grade, uh, grade three in, in children's church. So I've been able to watch um, their marriages grow and develop. Uh, and a couple of things that I've learned from their marriages is that I've never seen my father sleep on the couch and my mom sleep in the bed. And so when my wife and I got married, uh, the very first thing I told her is, is I am never sleeping on the couch. Uh, I've never seen that in my house. Uh, we've seen it on movies, but I don't allow the movies to dictate how my marriage is going to be. Uh, and so I won't copy that. And so we've, we've made sure that doesn't happen. And there's been times when she's gone to the couch uh, because she knew the rule. And so she's gone to the couch. And, and so what I've done is, is I go, I grab a pillow, I grab a blanket, and I go join her on the couch. And I say, listen, we're not going to sleep apart. Well, the, co- the bed is cold. Yeah. Well, I said, well, move your feet around or something. Create some friction. Make it warm. Yeah. Uh, and so that's how we kind of run marriage. And so I'm going to be talking this morning uh, on a subject called baggage claims and, and flights. Baggage claims and flights. Uh, the amazing thing about marriage is, is you have to keep working at it. Uh, if you feel like I've been married 30, 40 years I don't need to be encouraged about marriage. Um, Failure is inevitable. Uh, Because I know people who've been married for 40, 45, 50 years and they still ended up in divorce. uh, Because one person stopped showing up for work. Uh, You can't put marriage in an autopilot and just think it's going to work. No, marriage is not spelled M-A-R-R-I-A-G-E. I'm surprised that I can spell today. Uh, marriage is not spelled that way. Uh, marriage is spelled W-O-R-K. That's how you spell marriage. W-O-R-K. 
And if someone doesn't show up for work, the marriage will fall apart. So the key to marriage, staying together and and keeping things going, is you've got to work. How many married couples do we have out there this morning? Come on, raise your hand. All right. How many engaged couples do we have out there? Raise your hand if you're engaged. Okay, how many of you still trying to figure out where you... (laughs) If you could bring those bags up here for me, I can use those. Uh, Go to 2 Corinthians chapter number 15 and verse number 17. Uh, We're just going to read this one verse of scripture and allow it to minister and speak to us. Uh, It says, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. It says, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. Uh, I absolutely love your pastors here. Pastor T and Pastor T, but I absolutely love them. They are my friends. Uh, and I love Faith Hill Church and what's going on here and how we're able to minister and breathe into the life of this church. And, and, and they've come to our church and breathe into our church. And our church loves them. I think they love them more than they love me. Um, they're like, hey, when's Pastor T coming back? Uh, his books, when he brings his books, they sell out. And my books, they're still selling. So what's up with that? But I, I love them. And they asked me to come and just share about about marriage, and we'll be having a single uh, session uh, after this. And last night I was in Bromfontein. Bromfontein, did I say that right? Had an absolutely amazing time. I preached in a club, fulfilled a dream, had people coming in with beer and everything. I was like, yes, this is revival. Key in the scripture, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. If you haven't gotten rid of the old life, then you're not in the new life. If you haven't gotten rid rid of your past, how can you move forward in your future? I remember when my wife and I uh, were first moving to Ventook, uh, we, we, we got on the airplane and we had about 15 bags. Michael was around two years old, my son, and we were moving and we got into Johannesburg. And once we landed in Johannesburg, for some reason, they booked our tickets separately. So I had to collect all of our bags from the baggage claim. And then I had to go, I had to go back up to the, to the top floor to check into the new airplane But how am I going to do that? I'm one person. My wife is pushing a two-year-old, and she's carrying a baby. She was pregnant at that time with Jasmine. So I'm trying to figure out, how am I going to get out this baggage claim with with 15 bags? I'm one guy. I'm not Superman. (laughs) And at the end of the day, we figured out and found a porter that was willing to come in illegally. (laughs) He was scared. Just come help me. I'll sort you out. And take, help us take all our bags back in and recheck them again. And so we're going to talk about baggage claims and, and flights. But get this, when you take baggage into your marriage, your spouse begins to carry what you're carrying as well. The key to this, to understand what I'm talking about on this morning, is that when I'm talking about baggage claims and flights, what we're talking about is, is if you stay too long in baggage claim, you'll miss the flight. 
If you stay too long dealing with all of the baggage that you have, you'll miss the flight where God is trying to take your marriage because you're dealing with all of the past baggage. It's the baggage that causes the delays. I remember one time I was in O.R. Tambo, man, and and the the conveyor belts broke. And it messed up a hundred flights. I sat on the airplane for about three hours because they were waiting for all the bags to get loaded and they still didn't get them all loaded. So baggage can hinder your takeoff. Baggage can hinder where God is trying to take you in your marriage. See, we got to understand that when we become, when we get married, we become one, not two individuals. We become one individual. You with me? God is going to use both of us together, not individually, both of us together. So the baggage, we've got to get rid of the baggage because if we don't, we have all of this excess baggage that creates, get this, expenses. Uh, It becomes cumbersome, it becomes heavy, it becomes tiring, and it becomes burdensome. Boyfriend number one, boyfriend number two, boyfriend number three, boyfriend number four, boyfriend number five. Daddy issues, mommy issues, and and this is now my my husband. And so now I'm carrying all of this into my marriage, right? And my husband's like, man, I thought I was marrying you, but now I'm marrying all of this? Husband's like, come on, let's go. And hold on, let me get all my bags. There's this song um, by, uh, called Bag Lady by Erica Badu. Anybody familiar with that song? Google it. Erica Badu. B-A-D-U. Uh, Erica Badu. B-A-D-U. Uh, it says, Bag Lady, you're going to miss your bus. You can't hurry up because you got too much stuff. When they see you coming... Correct this word. Brothers take off running. (laughs) From you, it's true. Oh, yes, they do. One day, he going to say, you crowding my space. Uh, Just in case you didn't hear, one day, he going to say, you crowding my space. I said, one day, he's going to say, you're crowding my space. One day, he going to say, you're crowding my space. So pack light. Pack light. I dare say Erica Badu was being a prophet of that time. She probably wasn't, but uh, the words are very true that in marriage you have to learn to pack light. Marriage requires you to make adjustments. Marriage causes you to get over things very quickly. For instance, toilet paper. You might not think it's an issue, but it really is an issue. (laughs) Got to pull under or do I pull over? I like it over. My wife just puts it there any kind of way. So for a while, that was my pet peeve. And I got to the point was, why do I want to spend 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes arguing over some toilet paper when I can just change it the way I want it? Marriage requires you to pack 
like to get over the little things. Toothpaste. It is true. Remember, you're two different people coming together to become one. Two different buildings. Some You might have been married at 30, and, and so 30 years by yourself. Now you're becoming one. You got to choose whose windows are best. Come on, whose doors are best? Maybe your doors are horrible, so let's just get new doors, period, right? We have to learn not to compromise, but to, to give in to the other. Right. To allow the other to grow, to allow the other to to be happy, because at the end of the day, we want to be happy. So how do we pack light in marriage when we're talking about baggage claims and flights? Number one, not number one, but the really big idea, if you want to pack light, is to learn to forgive. Let's just go here for a little bit. Since I don't pastor this church here, I can kind of say something and I'll hop on an airplane and disappear. I pack light, so I've got carry on, so I can I can run well. I, I can call the Uber if you get mad at me. It's fine. It's not a problem. It's not a problem. But but uh, how do you how do you forgive when the person has done something to you that has taken you to the highest level of pistivity? <laughs> How often in your marriage have you gone two, three, four days without talking to each other? And when you look at it, it's like, wait a minute. So we're mad at each other over that? How often do we allow those wedges to drive us further and further apart to where we say, you know what? I give up. I'm fed up with you. I'm moving on. I'm getting a divorce. How often do we allow just little little arguments? Then allow it to build up over time. And, and, and ladies, can I can I talk to ladies real quick? Okay. Ladies, I mean, you can get mad at me if it's fine. Pastor T, be back next week, I think. I hope. <laughs> For sure, I know I won't be here next week. So if you got an issue, just email him. It's Pastor T at faithhillchurch.co.za. Okay. Um, how often do we take the arguments and different things that our husbands have done and we put them in the bag? We say we forgave, but it's, it's in the bag. So that the next time you do something, I can pull that out. Oh, come on, ladies. Ladies, don't play me. Do not play. <laughs> Fellas, we do it too sometimes. Hey, 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 remember last week what you did? How often in arguments are we quick to bring up the past? See, this is how you've always been. This is how you always will be. And the guy's like, man, can't you just forgive me for that one? Because if God can forgive, why can't we? God says he takes things and he throws it into the sea of forgetfulness. How powerful is that? That he takes our sin when we repent and he throws it into the sea of forgetfulness. Think about a sea. A sea is huge. Which means he throws it so that he can't even find it. But yet when we get into marriage, we want to bring up everything from the past. I've been married 10 years. I got to bring up everything from year one. Like, good gracious, your memory is good, girl. If your, if your memory was that good, why you didn't excel in university? I'm just playing. I'm just playing. No, I'm serious. But I'm just playing. 
But seriously though, why you didn't do that good in university? If you can remember everything from year one, we've been married 10 years, and you couldn't remember two plus two when the exam came? Something is wrong. Um, learn to forgive. Uh, the next part of the song says, Girl, I know sometimes it's hard and we can't let go. Oh, when someone hurts you, oh, so bad inside. You can't deny it. You can't stop crying. Uh, if you start breathing, babe, you won't believe it. It feels so much better. So much better, baby. We've got to learn to forgive. We've got to learn to to give grace to our husbands, to give grace to our wives. So the question would be, how do we forgive? How do we forgive? Uh, Number one, if you want to learn to forgive, you've got to face the past. It's very easy for us to ignore the past. It's very easy for us to turn our backs on the past. The difficult thing is to turn around and face it. Let me deal with each and every one of these bags that I've brought into my marriage. Why? Because these bags represent the divide between me and my husband, between me and my wife. I've got to bring my husband on the journey and say, you know what? Let's deal with this bag. Help me to deal with this hurt that I had from this relationship. Help me to deal with the hurt from this relationship and this one and this one and this one. And help me to deal with the hurt of my father or my family or wherever. I've got to deal with each thing. I've got to pull out each piece piece of clothing. Because if I don't deal with it, it will cause me and lead me to divorce. It will cause me and lead me to having the worst marriage ever. Why? Because I don't want to deal with the past. You with me? Can I get a husband and wife uh, for an example real quick? Y'all two come since y'all holding hands and stuff. So cute. I wish I did that in church, hold hands with my wife. <laughs> okay, come here. This, this is your baggage, okay? For example's sake. All right, this is your baggage. Um, I want you to just take this bag, hold on to that. All right. Now, Henry, I want you to give your, this is your wife, right? Okay. How long y'all been married? Almost a year. Honeymooners. This is, no, no, yeah, you're in honeymoon stage, yeah. Okay, uh, Henry, I want you to give your wife a hug, but you got to hold on to the bag. He's giving love and affection, but she's unable to return the same love and affection because she's holding on. See, you could be in your marriage for so long thinking that things are working right, but on the outside, she's still holding on to all the baggage. Therefore, the affection and the love that needs to be returned is not being fully because you're holding on. Forgiveness will allow you to let go so that you can now hold on to the one who will lead you where you need to go. You with me? Okay, you can have a seat. Thanks so much. Now, 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 now think about this. Psalms 23 says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Uh, as you keep reading on, it says that he leads me uh, uh, 
by still waters and, and leads me to green pastures, right? The husbands are the shepherd of the house. You with me? And so as shepherds, we have to go out early to find green pastures. We have to go out early to find still waters. If we don't go out early, then we don't know where to lead. Husbands. And wives, if your husband does not know how to lead, where will he take you? You with me? So both of us, we have work to do. One is learning the forgiveness part. The other one is learning how to lead correctly to where God wants us to go, right? We both have to work together in that, and we both have to have a trust that each other are doing the work that's necessary to have the marriage that we want to have. I'm not saying that we won't have disagreements in our marriages. I won't say that we, we, we're not going to have, you know, intense conversations in our marriages. But I'm saying that we serve a God that will help us to overcome every single shortcoming. You with me? So we've got to learn to face the past, face whatever's in the bags, right? Everyone that's hurt you, everyone that's brought shame on you, every pain, every scar, I need to deal with it. Because if I don't deal with it, it'll create bitterness. So the second part of forgiveness is stop being bitter. Stop being bitter. Why? Because bitterness blocks the flow of God in your life. You with me? See, in order for you to love your wife correctly, it comes as a result of you loving God correctly. In order to love your husband correctly, it comes as a result of you able to love God correctly. You with me? Uh, Genesis chapter 3 is an awesome passage of scripture uh, because it deals with the fallout of sin. How am I going to be able to preach about marriage or teach about marriage from Genesis chapter 3? The first part of it, it deals with Adam. Then it begins to deal with the serpent, and then we begin to deal with, with Eve. You with me? And around, around verse 16 and 17, uh, God is dealing with Eve, and, and, and God says, because of your desire for your husband, he will rule over you. Okay, here we go. Mean. 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 Ladies, if you man didn't yell out, uh, yell for him. <laughs> this verse, this passage of scripture has been taken out of context by so many pastors, so many church people, that the man is supposed to rule over you. And we've taken it and we've warped this thing out, man. You're supposed to submit. You're supposed to be underneath me. You have no identity. You, <clears throat> you serve me. Bring me my, my, my dinner. Bring me my lunch. Make my breakfast, right? You know, uh, ding a ling a ling. Yes, sir. How can I help you, master? That's how uh, uh, marriage has been portrayed. And they base it off of this verse of scripture that because of your desire for your husband, he will rule over you. But when you, when you analyze it from the original Hebrew, that's not what God was saying. Because there's some words that weren't really there and they're italicized in the New King James, meaning that they were added in for, for, for clarity's sake. But sometimes when a person adds in something to a conversation, uh, they miss what the person was really trying to say. Come on. 
a lot of times when you begin to 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 say something in English and you try to translate it into another tongue, uh, sometimes the emphasis is lost in the translation. Sometimes the true heart and essence of what was being said was lost in the translation. You with me? So what he's saying is, is, this is what he's really saying. Because you have this desire for your husband, that will allow him to rule over you. Not because you, because you have a desire to serve him. Because you have a desire to, be, to, to look to him as for everything, that will allow him to now rule and govern you. But the original intent was for you to have a desire for God. And because you have a desire for God, no man can rule over you. God rules over you. You, you get that? So, so really, your desire isn't for your husband. My desire is to serve God. And as I desire to serve God and I don't have a desire, get this to serve my husband, he can no longer rule over me because now his desire is going to have to be for God and God will then govern me. The word submission has been taken out of context by so many people. Oh man, my wife won't submit to me. Do you understand the word submission? Submission, two words, sub, under, mission, to go. So the man needs to set up where we're going and I get underneath it. So if your wife isn't submitting, it's probably because you don't know where you're going. If you don't know where you're going, what do you want me to get under? I be telling them when I counsel people, listen, what do you mean my wife won't submit? You have no vision for your life. You have no vision for this house. So what do you want her to do? How do you expect her to get in line with anything if you don't know where you're going? Well, my wife is out of order. Yeah, she's out of order because you're out of order. Ooh, I'm preaching today. Bring myself an offering today. If you, men, if you would just set your house in order, the woman would have something to get under. And if she got under, she would find so much joy. Why? Because you have vision. There are so many men in society today who lack vision for their household, not for business, but for their household. But they can put everything together for their businesses, but they can't sort their house out. But guess what? Just because you can sort out your business, guess what? You're out of order. And because you're out of order, God can't bless that. Well, my business is doing well. It's called grace. You with me? And the amazing thing about grace is it's unmerited favor, meaning you don't deserve it. You can't work for it. You can't ask for it. And it can show up and not show up. And God is not. It was for grace. But if you want real blessings, then get this set vision for the house. Where are we going? What are we here to do? And then the wife can get underneath that and get this. She doesn't lose her identity. Her identity comes alive in the vision. That's right. You with me? Matthew eleven twenty eight and twenty nine says in the Message Bible, "Are you tired? Are you worn out? Burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me, and you'll recover your life." How many of our marriages are based on religion? A set of rules. These are the rules of my house. If you don't follow my strict rules, right? 
That's religion. God doesn't want religion. He wants relationship. The way I get my husband to act right, the way I get my wife to act right is through relationship. My wife knows how to trick me. When she needs something done and really needs something done, she, she begins to lay it on thick how handsome I am. And, Ooh, look at you. And then sometimes when she forgets to do that and she just goes right in the ass, then I become back. back what do you mean? You need to get your hair done. You just got it done last week. And you said it was going to last five weeks. <laughs> well, you know, I didn't know that, you know, I didn't know. I just, did, I just need my hair done. Why do, I have to, why do I have to argue just to get my hair done? You want me to be beautiful, don't you? So, religion. It says, get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. This is what I really love, and this is what I want to emphasize for the next three hours that I have with you. We want to to revive some marriages today. This is key right here. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I absolutely love, absolutely love marriage when, when me and my wife are in rhythm. When we're in rhythm together, things are just so easy. Some of y'all looking at me crazy like, man, why are you dancing? <laughs> When's the last time you just took a second and just danced with your wife? Just had some, some rhythm and some fun. Because believe it or not, you know, it becomes contagious. And as you're dancing and they're laughing at you, laughter brings more joy. And then before you know it, the kids join in. And they start with their new dances and you start dancing with them. And you're in rhythm, you're in sync, but you can only do that when you get tired of doing it your way. The moment you decide to do it God's way, you learn these unforced rhythms of grace. He goes on to say, I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. So if I want to learn to forgive, number one, I've got to face the past. Number two, I have to stop being bitter. And number three, I need to decide to move forward. That last part is so important because the decision-making has nothing to do with God. The decision is up to you. If you don't decide to move forward, then you're going to stay in that mess. You're going to stay in that argument. Now, now I got a whole bunch of married couples here, so let's just go there. How often do we have those arguments and you're trying to figure out who's going to be the first one to say, I'm sorry? Yeah. I mean, how many arguments have we been in? And you were like, man, that wasn't even my fault. I ain't even, she blew that out of proportion. She didn't understand really what I was trying to say. I mean, she just got, oh, what am I apologizing for? I didn't do anything. She's the one who with the Come on, don't give me one hand. Give me two hands. Come on. Throw your hands up. I surrender. I surrender. I surrender. Baby, you got it, you know. Sometimes we got to be the ones, I'm sorry. And then the wife hits you with, but what are you sorry about? Ah! And then you're like, ah, see? Ah! And you go back into your closet. My father, my God, my father, my God, my father, my father, my God, my God. 
why has thou forsaken me with this woman? Right? Because, man, we try to come up. Man, you know, I'm sorry. Well, what are you sorry about? Do you not see that with all of my manhood, right, with all of my responsibilities and, and providing for you, it takes a lot for me to come and say I'm sorry. Wives, you have no idea how much it takes for us to swallow our pride, our manhood, and say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry is not built in the manly equation. But the I'm sorry comes from a place of humility. Amen. We have to learn to humble ourselves sometimes. And I didn't. It wasn't my fault. But. Now see the but cancels out the. My fault because it really was partly my fault because I must have done something that wasn't communicated correctly that she misunderstood and I didn't take the time to explain it correctly. So that probably is my fault. So I need to decide to move forward. Man, that's really going to be our biggest responsibility is to decide to move forward and whatever that's going to take. I know in my house, if something pops off at about 8 o'clock at night, I'm looking at the clock like, man, we're going to be up to at least 12. <laughs> let me just go ahead and prepare myself now. You know, let me just find a good place on this wall and just lean up and just. Because you know you can't get on your phone. That's going to cause more drama and more issues. Just got to weather the storm. (laughs) The storm sometimes that you created. You had to have that iPad. Come on. You had to have that new thing, that new toy. But then the baby needs milk. (laughs) Diapers. And then you go, come on, you you go to, you got clicks. Then you go to Discam. You're going everywhere trying to find out who's got diapers on sale. <laughs> Just so I can make this thing work. Um, my, my wife, uh, she says she doesn't like labels, so I won't give her a label. But uh, since September, she hasn't had any, any meat, any, any form of meat. Chicken, beef, pork, nothing. She's like a vegetarian or octo-vegan or whatever <laughs> you call it these days. And, it's, it's, it's created a little drama in the house because this one here, hey, hey, I, no, no, as far as me and my house, we, we eat meat. And I remember, man, it was a couple, it was a couple of weeks ago and I... I went to go to KFC because the kids wanted these little twister things, right? And so, you know, I'm going to be the good dad. I went to KFC, and I got the, got the chicken, and I got me some pork ribs, you know. And, and I came back home, and then she was like, oh, so you didn't get me some fries or something or nothing? I just feel like everybody forgets about me in this house. And I was like, wait a minute. Now, this was, this was a choice you made. <laughs> I didn't tell you to give up all of that. Like, this... That's your choice, right? We made the smart decision because eating meat is everywhere. You the one they gotta go to a restaurant and figure out like, well, how is that my problem? But I know my wife. 
It was a problem. Oh, yeah, I just can't even think about me. She went in doing her nails and stuff. And so and she came in, and she was, like, just sitting there sulking. And I'm hungry. I'll figure out, I'll figure out something to eat. And I was like, it's 4 o'clock. I, I ain't got till 12 today. That ain't going to work. So I went and grabbed the keys. And I was real incognito. I was real... Didn't even let her know I was gone, and I drove to this store. It was closed because it was a holiday, and I found the store that was open, and I bought her avocados, although they're very expensive. <laughs> bought her some avocados, and I got her the, 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 the uh, gluten-free wheat bread and, and got her all these different little things, and I put it away in the refrigerator, and I didn't even say anything. <laughs> and I just went back and sat down. Like, you can sulk if you want to, but there's some food in there. So I didn't even say nothing. I just said, I'm going to let you sulk until you go in and figure. And then she went in and she made her sandwich and she came back into the room all happy. <laughs> Thank you. Sometimes it takes some sacrifice, a decision to move forward and get in your car and make the marriage work. Because for some reason you said I do in the beginning. And because you said I do at the beginning, there was something that must put you guys together. Remember that instead of all of the arguments. When we're talking about deciding to move forward, uh, it's moving forward with less baggage. Well, Pastor, I, I thought we were supposed to get rid of our bags. No, take a few with you and make sure they're empty so you can fill them with the good memories. So when it really gets tough, you can pull out, oh, you know what? I remember when he went to about 15 stores on the holiday to get me some avocados. I remember, I remember when, you know, our business was at the lowest point, but because she believed in my business, she, she put in some extra hours with me to pray with me and, and help me to find a way to figure out how to make things work. I, re, I remember, I remember, see, see, a lot of times in marriage, we want to remember the bad things and forget the good, but I, I'm, I'm pretty sure there's some good things that will outweigh the bad Philippians 3, verse 13 through 14 says, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 from the CEV version excuse me, says, Anyone who belongs to Christ is a new person. The past is forgotten and everything is new. I, I just want to pray right now that wherever you find yourself in marriage, that may tomorrow, maybe even the next couple of hours, may it be new, may it be fresh again. May this week be like a honeymoon for you where you kind of rekindle and you restore your, your passion and your heart and your desire for your spouse. May, may this year be the year that switches everything up where you thought you were heading for a divorce, you thought you were heading for a separation, that you, you know, I'm going to fight for my marriage. I'm going to fight to make sure that I do or that I will that I stated in the beginning becomes true. Till death do us part, let that become 
true. I'm, I'm, I'm sticking in this. I'm going to, if you don't choose to fight, I'm going to fight. Even if you give up, I'm going to keep fighting for us. I'm going to keep standing in the gap for us because I want everything to be new again. God can make things new for other people. Why can't he do it for you? Why is your marriage any different? Let's pray. Father God, I just thank you and I praise you for each and every marriage here, Father. Each and every couple that's under the sound of my voice, Father, I thank you that you are rekindling that love again. That you're renewing the passions that they had for each other. Father, I pray that you help them to to get rid of the excess baggage. To get rid of the past, to get rid of the bitterness, to decide to move forward so that ultimately they can forget. Lord, bring into their remembrance the good times. Uh, Bring into their remembrance the things that you said about them and their their, their marriages, Father. Lord, let them keep working, keep striving, keep pushing to reach your goal. Blessed, happy marriage. Marriage that's blessed beyond measure. Father, I thank you. Every need is being met, Lord. Call their children blessed, their houses blessed, their businesses blessed, everything that they're doing together blessed. Father, I pray that you you drive them closer to each other this week. Let that passion overwhelm any shortcomings. Let that love be stronger than any issue. Pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit faithhill.tv today.